0: You're listening to Episode 80 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Now, today we continue the School Starters series. This series is a seven-episode series. It's a rebroadcast of hand-picked episodes that come together with really strong relevance and value for children due to start school. The episodes have been reproduced to bring you the highlights and the golden nuggets of information, and of course, you can still access the full comprehensive episodes if you wish to. Now, today's episode is part two of how to ready your child to read and spell. And of course, last episode was part one, where we really built upon the foundation strategies. So if you haven't tuned into part one, I highly recommend that you do. And also remember on offer is the free ebook, Four Power Tools to Ready Your Child to Read and Spell. And that is available for you to download at chataboutchildren.com. Now, of course, all the information shared is evidence-based and it's part of my 20 years experience and practice as a speech and language pathologist. And also all the strategies that I share today and in part one, they're ones that I have implemented personally with my three children. They were all born in two and a half years. So I had three consecutive years of my kids starting school. So I know you'll get a lot of benefit from the information shared. Okay let's get part two started. We're going to start by looking at how oral language is linked to literacy anyway because there is a very crucial relationship between oral language ability and then a child's resulting ability to acquire skills to learn to read, write and spell. In the preschool period and in early schooling the the real focus is for children to receive experiences that are going to enrich their vocabulary and really enrich their understanding and knowledge of concepts. So, I've got to really emphasize that what we talk about today and some of the the strategies and activities we talk about, it's about having fun. It's about incorporating things into your everyday. It's not about sitting at a tabletop and forcing your child to do some of these things because you want to get them ready for school. So it's not about that at all. It's really about saying, okay, I'm now aware and I have the knowledge of some of the foundations. So How can I incorporate that into when I'm in the car or, you know, during mealtime or when we're just doing our day-to-day stuff? And the other big emphasis is really on having your child get lots of different life experiences because in those different experiences, they're going to build their vocabulary and their view of, you know, how things operate in the world. Last episode is really where we talked a lot about a strong vocabulary. So that vocabulary and a good understanding of language is going to make it easier for a child to make sense of what they read. Because if you can imagine, to start with, children are learning to read. But as they get older, they're actually reading to learn something, to get some enjoyment, to get some value out of something. And in order to make sense of what they're reading, um, they need to know the meaning of lots of different words. And those life experiences are going to help that. It's also important to be aware that children that have a history of speech and or language difficulties are at higher risk of having trouble or having some difficulties with aspects of learning to read and spell. And if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because there we talk about those, as I mentioned earlier, speech and language milestones. And that's an important guide for you to be able to, you know, look at where your child is at or children you work with, where are they at and understand whether they're in that range that we expect them to be in. And and, and certainly, You want to be following up nice and early to get children the support they need so that we can better their opportunities and their outcomes. And also what's key is being proactive in supporting your child's communication needs and in developing the foundation pre-literacy skills. And I'd imagine you're already proactive if you are listening to this episode. One of the things we'll also cover, as I mentioned earlier, is the vital foundation skill in learning to read and spell, and that's phonological awareness. So we'll get to that shortly. So one of the things that I did want to add as an extension to last episode was just mentioning some very general strategies with oral language development. So one of the things that um, I find often happens is as children are developing their language and their speech sounds, sometimes then, you know, they're not always getting things right. So they might say to you, oh, I go to the shops today instead of I went to the shops. And a strategy that I want to mention now is something called modelling or recasting. And this is a great strategy to use for when your child makes a grammatical error like that one or when they make a speech sound error, um, you know, which is still age appropriate. But what do you do in that scenario? So getting back to a child that might say, oh, I go to the shops today. You might then say, oh, you went to the shops, did you? You went to the shops with dad, didn't you? You went to buy some apples and oranges. That's right. So what you're doing there is you're actually modeling back to them the way that the word went is used and how it functions in a sentence. And you're showing them different ways that that word can be used. The one time that they've said, I go to the shops today, they've then heard you say the word went three to four times. So that ratio of, okay, they've said one error, but now they've heard it correctly three to four times. That is extremely effective in your child being exposed to the right way to use that word, the right way to apply grammar when they're speaking. And the same thing applies to any speech sound errors that might occur. So if you've got a three-year-old who can't say there are sound, for example, R for rabbit, now that's very age appropriate. So if that three-year-old says, oh, look, mum, there's a wabbit, instead of there's a rabbit you do exactly the same thing. You model and recast back. So you say, oh, look, I can see a rabbit. It's a white rabbit. That rabbit has really soft fur. Then it's very conversational. You are not asking them to repeat themselves. You're not asking them to repeat you. You're just reflecting back the way to say it three to four times in a very conversational manner. It's really important that you're not forcing your child to repeat after you. And that's something that sometimes is a bit of a natural tendency um, to do because you you, you think you're helping. So, let's just add a layer to that and make it more effective by just avoiding that scenario where you're saying, you know, it's not wabbit, it's rabbit. Say rabbit. Like that kind of thing doesn't help. So let's get into reflecting back and recasting back the right way to put those speech sounds together and the right way to put words together. So oral language development is one of the, the key umbrella areas that form part of pre-literacy skills but let's now move into phonological awareness. And what is it anyway? Basically, phonological awareness is that conscious awareness of the sounds of language and that ability to reflect on the sounds in words. So it's not about the meaning of words. We've got to separate that. And now it's more about reflecting on, okay, like mum starts with the letter M, it makes a mm sound. So it's looking at and recognising and manipulating those aspects of language. Early in life, kids are very much focused on word meanings as they're building their vocabulary. As they get to the preschool years, and particularly that year before going to school, there's more of an interest in word sounds. And you start to see this in preschool kids in different ways. So, for example, kids will start to notice words that rhyme. And hopefully they've been introduced to lots of rhyming, you know, in storybooks, in nursery rhymes, etc. But kids will often say, oh, you know, mum, drum, mm, yeah, that rhymes. So they'll start to notice that. They'll also start to notice, you know, words that sound a little bit odd, a little bit strange to what they're used to hearing. And they might comment on words that have the same sound beginnings. You know, often kids love their own names. So, for example, with the name Max, they might say, oh, Max starts with that mmm sound and mum starts with that mmm sound. Sound. They're the same. You know, and these are all fantastic things that you want to be observing and seeing in in your preschool child. The other aspect that you might notice is that kids also in the preschool year are engaging a lot in sound play. You know, they might be making up their own silly rhymes and they might be making up their own kind of words that start with the same sounds or sentences that start with the same sounds. They're having a bit of fun, and that engagement in sound play is. Again, a fantastic skill that they're building upon that's going to help them later to learn to read and spell. And what I'm going to cover now is five ways that you can help them along in some of those areas. So one of the first ways that we can start building phonological awareness skills is looking at syllable counting. And this is basically learning how to break up words into smaller parts. Now, why would you bother with this? Well, if you can imagine later when kids start to learn how to spell and how to read, they've got to be able to break words up into those smaller parts. So, for example, you know, with my daughter who's seven years old, if she wants to spell caterpillar, I'll say to her, okay, well, what's the first syllable? And she'll go, cat. Okay, so how do we spell cat? And she'll say, what's the next syllable? cat er Pil, uh, et etc. rather than that overwhelming, like, oh my goodness, this is a long word. How do I spell it? It helps them to break it down into little chunks that is easier for them to work with and to start decoding. The possibilities are just endless when it comes to activities to build those skills. So here's a few ideas. And the key thing here is to make it fun. Okay, so syllable counting. Some basic ways to do this are you can get physical. You can clap it out. So your child's name is Sally. Okay, how many syllables in Sally? Let's clap it out. Sally. You've got two syllables there. Um, You could be jumping. You could be skipping. You could be hopping to the syllables. You might just look around the room and say, okay, there's table. And then you jump table. There's two jumps. You could get musical, um, you know, use keyboards, maracas, drums. It's a great way that they can, you know, shake to the beat of syllables in words. And you can find syllable word lists really easily on the internet. Um, you want to you know, focus on words that have one to four syllables, not much longer than that. But if you've got a few syllables um, or wordless syllables with you, it makes it easier to say, okay, let's tap the drums while we say um, television, television, etc. Let's move on to number two, the second way that you can start to build those phonological awareness skills. Rhyming, I mentioned earlier, rhyme time is a great way to teach a child new words and get them to think about how words can relate to each other. It sets that foundation for your preschooler to learn about word families and then the different sounds that letters can make. For example, if your child knows that night fight rhymes, already there, there's a mini word family. So the spelling of the endings, the big chunk of endings of those letters is going to be the same. Um, Sharing books that rhyme is a really obvious start with rhyming. Um, And as your child gets to know the book, you you can have them complete the sentence for you where, you know, the cat is in there and then you wait and you let them fill in the missing word and just make it fun. You know, even if your child comes up with nonsense or silly words that rhyme, it's absolutely fine. Um, The idea here is that they're just being able to identify or even to come up with a rhyming word to another word. Another easy way that you can do rhyming is on the go. Just wherever you are, take turns thinking of rhyming words. So you might be in the car, and you might say, "Okay, let's think of rhyming words for things we can we can see outside the car." So you might say, "Oh, there's tree." And then someone else can say, "See." You know, in the car, you can also do your syllables in the car too with things that you see around you. Another way to do it is you know, putting different items on the table and have your child choose a word that best it finishes the sentence. For example, if you've got a hat, a toy and a ball on the table, you can make up a sentence like there was a large cat who wore a large and then they've got to choose which one rhymes with cat. Is it hat, toy or ball? So they're the kinds of fun ways that you can introduce rhyming. And of course, just sing lots of nursery rhymes and don't be afraid to use the, you know, the proper words when you're talking about these things. So use the word rhyme, like those words rhyme, those words don't. And the same goes with syllables. Don't be afraid to use the word syllables. Like, okay, let's clap the syllables in Caterpillar. It's much more efficient and better for their vocabulary if you can use the correct words when you're teaching them. Please, please, I encourage you to use the word syllable, to use the word rhymes, um, and also, you know, use the word sounds and letters and help kids differentiate between the two. If you're a mum or know a mum who could do with some support, this is an invitation to join the Flourish for Mums four-week self-care program. This weekly program is inspired by the best-selling book, Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance and is led by the fabulous author, Sonia Bestelich. She takes mums on a powerful journey to reconnect with themselves whilst building authentic relationships with fellow mums. Sound like something you want to join? Join our community from anywhere in the world. Mums, it is time for you to flourish. Sign up at flourishformums.com number three, the third way that you can help build phonological awareness. And here we're going to look at helping children hear the first sound in a word. Um, and often before they're, they're due to go to school, this would be your first step. If a child finds it really easy to, um, to hear the first sound in a word, then sure, you might know, get them to listen to the last sound in a word. In terms of expectations, have a bit of fun with having your child hear the first sound in a word. Start with the family names. Okay, so here's Sally. What's the first sound that we can hear when we say Sally? Now, if they say S, you say, yeah, that's the letter. That's the letter S. But what sound does the letter S make? It makes a S sound. That's the kind of language you want to use when you're you know, looking at different um, family photos and you're discussing the first and last sounds. And make it as positive and as fun as possible. You can do the same with catalogs. And you can make you know, sound scrapbooks where you might do a collage of, okay, we're going to see if we can find all the things that start with the mm sound or all the things that start with a s sound. And you might cut up different pictures from a catalogue and then have your child choose. You might get two pictures and say, okay, well, there's bananas and there's mangoes. Which one are we going to put on our mmm page? We've got bananas and mangoes. And then they're choosing between the two. And then they're getting to to also practice their, their cutting out, their pasting, if you'd like them to also practice those skills too. You know, hearing that last sound, as I mentioned earlier, can be a little bit trickier but you might want to consider giving your your children lots of visual cues you know emphasizing the sound as you say it so for example if you were to say okay what's the last sound when I say room you might point to your lips so they can see your lips come together to make that last sound so use visual cues as much as you can because a lot of the phonological awareness um, activities we're talking about there's so much emphasis on hearing and discriminating the difference between you know small aspects of language and now moving on to our fourth way to build phonological awareness we're looking at sounding out words now i've got to emphasize here it's not about the spelling of words it's about the sounds prior to starting school you want to focus on words that have a structure of about 2 to 3 sounds words like bin dog, cat, go. Those kinds of words that have two to three sounds. A really obvious way that you can start playing with sounding out words is using things like colored counters where you have the counters, you know, three counters, for example, out on the table and you're pointing to each one as you go and you say, okay, let's sound out bin, b, i, n. And then they're pointing as they go along the counters, and you want to start incorporating you know also that practice of their eyes going from left to right, um, you know, if you are in a country where they are sequencing from left to right, um, but it's a good way to use those those counters to get the child to start practicing how to see how the sounds are represented. You can also use objects like blocks when you're sounding out and you can also use movements too, you know, whether it's jumping or saying steps every time that you say a sound. Just incorporate those visuals, those objects, those movements, all of that's going to help them learn more richly. And finally, our fifth way to build phonological awareness is looking at the alphabet and here it's about learning and reinforcing the alphabet in everyday life. You can have your child recognize letters, name the letters, Tell you the sounds, and you can do this really everywhere that you are. The car is a great place where you can do a lot of these activities. Um, where you know you can search for certain letters on street signs or shop signs as you're walking along. You know the list is just endless. Whether you're at the supermarket or at the doctors, etc. There's words everywhere. So use those opportunities to just point out you know letters, or if you're reading your shopping list, just show them what you're reading and show them the shopping list, show them what it looks like. Just talking about what you're doing and just mentioning some of those things as you go is a great way to just reinforce and giving children that exposure to letters and sounds. It's a great way to just fit it into everything you're doing. And there's also some really great songs out there that you can sing that are all about letters and their sounds and that's a great opportunity to just again reinforce how letters and sounds work. If your child is happy to and they're really into the alphabet you can also have them practice forming the various letters whether they're using Play-Doh to make certain letters or they're coloring in um, or tracing or painting. There's lots of different ways that they can just be exposed to different letters and and be told about the sounds that they make as you go along. Those five ways, syllables, rhyme time, hearing first and last sounds, sounding out in the alphabet, those five ways are core ways that we can start to really build those foundation skills for phonological awareness. And you couple that with the oral language strategies we talked about and the foundation skills we talked about in part one, and that gives you a very solid basis for having your child ready to read and spell once they get to school. And I think, um, again, I'm going to emphasize that everything we talk about today is, is not about forcing your child to be, you know, reading and spelling from a super young age. It's not about that at all. It's really about encouraging and I encourage really rich life experiences, encourage interaction and social development and oral communication development, those aspects together with some of the more specific things we've talked about today with phonological awareness really do come together to solidify the foundations. I've got to now comment on listening and attention skills because all the things we've talked about in part one and part two really do hinge on a child's ability to attend. So attention and listening skills are quite crucial in our skill development. If you know, you are concerned about your child's attention skills or their listening skills. Way simple ways that you can build that is already through some of the activities we've talked about, and also within things like you know sharing books within a daily book routine, things like that, where their attention needs to be focused and they can build their concentration skills that way. It's not so much looking at you know, or can they attend to a TV program or can they attend to you know a game that they're playing. It's not so much about that because that's a different level of stimulation. So I'm talking about that stimulation that you get in human-to-human type of interaction. And that brings me to making a comment on apps. There's lots of great apps out there that help with learning to read and spell, um, particularly for your preschoolers. Uh, And here in Australia, we've got um, a very well-known and widely known program called Reading Eggs, and that's also used widely in a lot of schools and preschools and they also have a junior version, so the two- to four-year-olds. Great program, wonderful way to really reinforce what we've talked about, those phonological awareness skills. When you're looking at apps uh, or any other programs like that, we've just got to be very mindful of some of the guidelines that I discussed last episode. And if you didn't catch last episode, I'd encourage you to either listen to it or have a look at my article where um, really the emphasis is moderation. You know, if you're looking at apps or you want your child to – Use an app. It's really ideal that you're sitting with them, so that you can make sure that they're understanding what they need to do, and you can, you know, teach them. Or in addition to what the app is saying, but you really want to have the that interaction with your child because the app is really a tool to enhance. What they are, are needing to learn, and certainly you might get to a point where they're understanding how that particular activity works, and you can let them do some of it independently. But certainly initially, you want to be with them to guide and make sure that they've they've understood the concept, that's have understood what they're needing to do, and also just to make sure that the fun is there. So that would be my comment on apps. Do your research because there are some fantastic ones out there, and look at sitting and interacting with your child at the same time. So some very important considerations that we need to be aware of is that particularly for children prior to going to school, we want to make sure that everything is in check. Apart from the foundations we've talked about in reading and spelling, we've talked about attention and listening skills, we've also got to be mindful that that year before school, it is a a good idea to have a child's vision checked, particularly by a behavioural optometrist. So um, it really looks at those skills needed for the eyes to be able to track and sequence when they're reading. Um, And we also want to make sure a child's ears and hearing are okay, and to be observant of a child's motor skills. And motor skills being things like fine motor skills, like being able to hold a pencil appropriately when they're coloring, tracing, drawing, et cetera. And also to look at their gross motor skills, like the jumping and the walking, the running, and that kind of thing. And occupational therapists can also help when it comes to attention listening skills. If you're concerned about any of those areas, you know, I again encourage you to follow up nice and early and if need be, you know, chat to your GP, chat to a psychologist if need be, if you're worried about your child being anxious or behavioural aspects that you might need some assistance with. Just look into getting some support nice and early for yourself, for your child, and just for the family dynamic, really. Um, and in terms of communication, if you're worried about any aspects of communication, I know for us anyway at Talking Head Speech Pathology, we do communication screeners, you know, a short check to see that children are on track with their speech and language and to give parents any strategies or to refer them on to the assistance or the support Uh, Pathways that they need. Please do be proactive, continue being proactive in looking at getting any support nice and early in the piece. So now you have some super practical ways after part one and part two um, of listening to the foundations for learning to read and spell. These practical ways are really going to help to strengthen those fundamental blocks. And of course, talk to that relevant professional if you need to. Thank you for sharing in the second episode of this School Starters series. Now, next episode, I will have a dietitian joining me as we talk about food fuel for effective learning. So make sure you tune in to that very important one. And remember to share this episode with family, friends, and with colleagues who you know will benefit. I thank you so much for your attention. I celebrate you and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich. www.chataboutchildren.com